1: It's the neon avenue of beggars, the gleaming alley where you dart and search and revel in the blaze of fury. You sidestep the gutters of night, try to close your heart against the carnival scream that rises high above Broadway, shatters, then prowls through the city. But it's no good. It holds you close. But at the waterfront it releases you, hands you over to other sounds, the voices of the river, the waking wind that has slept in the sea... The siren wind that clears the way for morning and for death. Beckons you up the protesting stairs of a waterfront hotel. Opens a door and invites you to consider a dead girl. She sits sprawled on the floor, her head resting on the edge of a bed. Her eyes gray, like mirrors reflecting the gray of the sea through the open window. Detective Muggerman lets you absorb it, get your fill of it, then hands you a cigarette.
3: Light, Denny? Thanks. If you want coffee, the manager's perking some down the hall. He's very friendly. It said while I waited, I could... Strangled. Yeah. It was a cord off a robe. man's bathrobe, I'd say. Where's the rest of it? Couldn't find it, Danny. I've been all over. The killer cut it in half. Thrifty-type killer, half a bathrobe cord. Very thrifty. Who found her? The manager. The friendly one? Yeah. A husband and wife registered here. Early this morning, husband woke manager out of a sweet dream, told him to bring breakfast to his wife in a half an hour. The manager did. But she wasn't hungry. She was that way. So the manager ate the breakfast himself. You
1: said her husband.
3: Yeah, Robert Burton, husband. Registered here last night with his wife, Laura Burton. No baggage, paid in advance. You're not reacting, Danny. You said something? Yeah, I did. I said Laura Burton. You didn't react. She dies different from other people? Easy, Danny. I only meant it's funny you haven't heard about Laura Burton. You know, the heiress. Daddy made millions of baby food. Educated in watering places. Educated by counts and dukes and ski instructors. Married a few of them. Funny, I haven't heard. Where's her husband? I told you. He ordered a breakfast, took a walk, fed a seagull. That's the last anyone saw him. He was talking to a seagull. Yeah. Oh. What's the matter with you? With all that money, a park Avenue your mansion, she dies like this, in a place like this.
1: Mugovan said it, and I shrugged. And over Mugovan's shoulder and through the window, I could see the early morning mist rise frostily from the river. The tugboat, and a man leaning over its side. And suddenly the sun was out, striking glints on the water. Daytime had just entered the port of New York. Laura Burton, heiress. Laura Burton, strangled in a dollar-a-night hotel. Find out why. Go to the Park Avenue address of Laura Burton. Be suitably impressed by the paneled oak doors, the musical chimes, The butler who took my badge and placed it on a silver tray disappeared. Then returned and gave it back to me between his thumb and forefinger and told me to sit. Then 15 minutes of considering the 17th century tapestries and wondering how George killed such a big dragon with such a small sword. Then just as I was about to figure it, someone tapped me on the shoulder and I had to leave George to his own devices.
4: You like tapestries?
1: Not especially. I was just...
4: Because if you did, I've got some in the study that would make your back teeth rattle.
1: Some other time, maybe. Right now... You're a
4: policeman, aren't you? What policeman?
1: Clover. Danny Clover. Homicide.
4: I'm Muriel Carlson. What can I do for you?
1: I asked to see Robert Burton, Laura Burton's husband.
4: And you're from homicide? That's right. Wonderful. Who did Robert murder?
1: We just want to talk to him. We're not sure he committed murder, Miss Carlson.
4: But it's possible that he did. Did he kill Laura?
1: Laura is dead.
4: Shot? Strangled? Beaten? Poisoned? Strangled. Well, I only ask because, well, I'm Laura's sister, and if any of my friends ask me how Laura died, I
1: can tell them. That's all your sister's dying does to you?
4: Oh, it's much more than that, Mr. Clover. It's a release. For years, I've been wondering how Laura would die. It's been bothering me. Now I can think of something else. Where'd she die?
1: In a waterfront hotel.
4: Then Robert killed her, of course. I say, of course, because there's no doubt about it. Laura was always running off to places like waterfront hotels with him so she could get to know him better. Or maybe her own canopied furniture border. You know, I thought Laura's second husband would kill her. Now it turns out her fourth husband. What do you know?
1: Where will I find him?
4: Robert. Robert, the man with the muscles. The man with the flat stomach and the fat mouth. Robert, fourth husband. Robert, the stevedore. Where will I find him? I wouldn't know. But Robert could never get water run out of his ear. Literally. You could smell it. Am I being helpful, Mr. Clover?
1: Then the glee at what I'd brought her couldn't be held back. It bubbled Mm -hmm. up, spilled out of her mouth, shaped itself into a girlish giggle. (laughs) She tried to smooth it off her lips with the back of her hand. Couldn't. Instead, stroked her throat, arranged her back hair, watched herself, admired her image in an antique mirror. With her eyes, invited me to the same. And I got out. Then the official, the routine pattern began to spin itself out. The APBs, all points, bulletin on one Robert Burton, suspicion of murder. The inquiries at the waterfront places.
0: Robert, if you find him, Mister, send him back to me. I miss dear old Robert, my prince charming. I called him. Find him for me.
5: The
1: waterfront
5: buddies. Robert, married something rich, I hear. Gilda, eh? Well, she wasn't the rich for his blood, eh? <laughs> That's Sir Robert for you The waterfront hiring
6: halls You're kidding, detective We haven't seen him here since he married Mink and Laddie Dare.
1: Robert's dreamboat come in, huh, detective? Dead wife, live money, huh? Finally, a man on the docks A man loading cargo A man who knew Robert like he was his brother
7: Like my brother We loaded junk together We dreamed together of faraway places And girls with bells on their toes Where is he? Pulled up with a bag of gold and a golden girl in some hole on Park Avenue. Like I'll be someday if I'm a good boy. Uh, by the way, I'm Marty Dixon, and you're a cop. But you got a name, huh? Uh, Danny Clover. Danny Clover. They tell me you used to room with Burton. Uh huh. We shared everything a room, old comic books, girly magazines. Sometimes we shared our friends until. <laughs> till he married Laura? That part of himself he kept to himself, like I'll do someday. You won't begrudge me that, will you, Danny? Like I don't begrudge my friend Robert, who's like a brother. Tell me about their marriage. It's been in the society columns. You tell me, because you knew him so well. Gladly. I've just been waiting to be asked. I'm tired of thinking about it in the loneliness of my room. Their marriage was champagne and antique mirrors and velvet carpets. Sometimes he and Laura would come down and share the crumbs with me. That was gay. Why do you need to know nice things like that? Because we think he murdered Laura. Boy, that crawling, no good... What's the matter, Marty? You want the killer, I'll give him to you. Where? I'll give him to you because that he shares with me. He comes to me, says he's in a little trouble. Will I put him up for a couple of days? Sure, I'll put him up. Where? In my room, 1823 West Six. You know something, Danny? I'm glad you found me. Cross my heart, I'm glad.
1: Come on, open up, Burton. Open. Who is it? Police. You got the wrong room. Open the door. No? Okay, Burton.
8: Let's go. Gonna be that easy, Copper?
1: Like I said, Burton. Let's go. In here, Burton. Hi, Danny.
8: Burton along because he wants to talk to us. Good. Sit down, Burton. Over there. Thanks. Lawyer said I should tell all.
3: You got a smart lawyer. And he can afford it. How many millions does your wife leave, Burton? Seven or ten? I never can remember. I get all flustered when I mention that much money. Why just strangle your
8: wife, Burton? Oh, such a leading question, fellas. Next thing you'll want to know, that I enjoy it? Did you enjoy it, Burton? Thinking about it, I enjoy it because now there's all that money. That's the part that's enjoyable. But I didn't kill her.
1: Is that what your lawyer told you to say?
8: Say it, he said. If you didn't do it, my boy, he said, say it. How about that bathrobe cord? Whose bathrobe? Mine, fellas. Who registered at the hotel with your wife? I did, fellas. I've been telling the police that for six hours. You got a
1: pretty nice place on Park Avenue, Burton. Why pick a flea bag?
8: Salt air, fellas. The commonplace things. Laura and I enjoyed it. I'm a different man near the waterfront. Laura enjoyed it. Okay,
1: Burton, what happened?
8: Woke up this morning, felt like a walk, stopped at the manager's room, told him to send breakfast up to Laura. What about
3: the manager, Muggerman? He's an old man. Dr. Sinsky said he wouldn't have the strength to strangle
8: So you killed your wife and went for a walk. Is that what happened, Burton? My lawyer said you might say that. Even said the D.A. will probably arraign me because it looks like open and shut. I killed my wife. Why'd you run? Why'd you hide? Because he killed her. Because I came back to the hotel and saw the crowd and heard that Laura Burton had been murdered, so I ran. What'd
1: you do with the other half of the bathrobe court?
8: The one she was strangled with? The one you used to strangle her. All right, it was my robe, but I didn't Why'd use it. Why'd you only it? use half the cord? Because, look. Why? You trying to confuse me? I didn't kill her. But you're glad she's dead. Now, take me back to my cell. Sergeant Muggerman asked you a question. Take me back to my cell.
3: The lawyer said talk, Burton. Talk. Take me back. Sure. Take you back and get your confession. Uh, Danny? Oh, what is it, Mr.
5: Homicide call just came in. Waterfront. Call said tell Clover to get down here. I'm busy, Gino. Call came through the DA's office, Danny. Said you. I got a squad car waiting. You gonna take it? Sure, Gino. That's all I've got to do.
9: I've been waiting for you, Lieutenant. It's right down the alley. Thanks, officer. I was just making the beat and stopped here for a drag and a cigarette. I mean, I was just checking. Routine, you know, Lieutenant? You stopped for a drag. Yeah, that's right, Lieutenant. Well, when I lighted up the light from the match... Anyway, there she was, laying there. I thought she was a drunk, told her to move on. I poked her. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. This is the way you found her? Yeah, just like that, Lieutenant. I, I figured she wasn't drunk. I figured she was strangled to death. I shouldn't have poked her. Don't worry about it. You know who she is? No. Here, I'll hold the flash, so You can see better. Good. Hey, see? She looks a lot like that Laura Burton who was strangled with a bathrobe cord. Same features, almost identical. Is that why they made such a big to-do about when I phoned in, Lieutenant?
1: And I thought I had a killer. You were wrong, huh? Hold that flash, still.
9: Over and over they asked me, are you sure she was strangled with half a bathrobe cord? Sure, I'm sure, I said. You were wrong about having a killer, huh, Lieutenant? Yeah. I was wrong.
2: You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The Election News. You'll hear it best on CBS next Tuesday, November 7, with its world famous reporter Edward R. Murrow heading up the staff. CBS News will bring you the latest up to the minute returns in state and important local contests. Be sure you get the election news fastest and the most accurately next Tuesday night. You'll hear it best on CBS. <laughs>
1: Broadway all depends on the mood you're in. You can be part of the mob and perform for the sightseers. Or you can create a stir by strangling women with a coat of a flannel bathrobe. In the latter case, you have an advantage. Broadway performs for you. It hangs on the ropes and talks in whispers and clucks its tongue about the police department. The ray of sunshine the next morning, the pure gold in an otherwise drab November day. The Sergeant Totaglia, who did remarkable things with file cards, with inkwells, with... Pencil sharpeners. Uh, What's the matter, Gino?
5: Ah, this pencil sharpener, Danny. A veritable ogre of pencils. Chews them up and gives no points in return. I've been waiting for you to come in, and I've been sharpening your pencils. I'm here now, Gino.
1: Huh? Well, you said you were waiting for me.
5: You got something to tell me? Roger. And tell me. go. Of the matter of the girl who was strangled in an alley, her name was Annalee Sisler, a name known most especially to Precinct 45 for various and sundry misdemeanors. Go on. Technical ass had to be pointed out to you that Miss Sisler had physical attributes which were also observed on Laura Burton, also deceased. Uh-huh. Such as to wit. Maybe the killer strangled the wrong woman the first time because both were blonde, both had blue eyes, both approximately the same age. Same height, same weight, both strangled, and both by opposite ends of the identical bathrobe cord. You know, Danny, this brings to mind a famous case which involved Mike Shrek, the bald head... A... Well, it was almost a miracle detective from Philadelphia's undoing, Danny. If he hadn't disguised himself in the nick of time as a midget... Get on with it, it Gino. Uh, to wit... The DA has released Robert Burton as a murder suspect since he was in the pokey at the time of the murder of Miss Sisler. And since the murder weapon which killed Miss Sisler also killed Laura Burton. Okay, what else? What else is that Miss Sisler's last known address, according to the records of the 45th Precinct, is the Kenneth McManus Monsieur Powers on East 34th Street. <laughs> How'd I do, Danny?
1: Great, Gino. I'll get you a new pencil sharpener.
3: You care to grab yourself a steam, Mr. Clover? Then a nice salt rub from the salty hands of one of my exploits. All in the house, of course. All I And want you can get is... your suit clean and pressed while being catered to we Think of everything in this calling. Look, And uh... we got a lady's, too, in case you got a wife or a girlfriend or something else on the pump side. But for them, we got home permanence while being cooked and mold and freshened up. That's all of it? You through? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't sell ya. huh? All you want is what do I know about Annalise Sisler? That's all. Why did, huh? In an alley, huh? Well, such a good worker. One of my best. Little Anna Lee in such demand. By whom? Ladies. Fat ladies, skinny ladies, happy ladies, sad ladies. Little Anna Lee had a way with a steam cabinet. They always asked for her.
1: She finished her work last night, punched her time card, waved goodbye to you from the door. That's right. She did all that, just like
3: you said. Oh, but you got one detail wrong, Mr. Clover. She didn't wave goodbye. Wrong again. She waved, but not last night. Five months ago. She heard a call from somewhere deep inside her. She left my employee to answer it. You'll explain to me about the call. What happens to guys like little Annalee? She heard a call to be a photographer's model. Nice, clean white. You wouldn't know where. Wrong again. With Leroy, the photographer, on West 10th. Can't inveigle you into esteem, huh, Mr. Clover?
9: My receptionist secretary said you were different from the other people who come to study with me. How much are you different? This much, Leroy. I've photographed those, too. Police badges, yes, in my formative stage, when I was desperate, naive about subject matter. But now you're doing better, huh, Leroy? Oh, much, much. As witnessed this mass class, three models, assembly line methods, pardon me. Uh, Try one from the floor, Mr. Holmes, and this time we'll shoot it with film, shall we, Mr. Holmes? That's right. Yes, it's better with film. Now, Mr. Clover, where were we? You had a model. Oh, that's why you're here. You want stuff about Anna Lee. Now you know. Wonderful girl. Ordinary, but wonderful in such a wonderful way. The textures, the highlights, the shadows. Yes, we miss Anna Lee, don't we, Mr. Holmes? Of course we do. Ever done art
1: studies in a prison cell, Leroy? The texture, the highlights a man
9: like you could do wonders. You mean because I don't nudge up to your questions, you'd do that to me? You'd, uh... Uh Uh-huh. Hold my camera, Mr. Holmes. Thank you. Now look here, Mr. Clover. I don't believe it. Oh, I'm not going to hit you. Don't fear. I'm just going to tell you off. Annalise Sizzler was our favorite model. We've lost her. We've mourned for her for five weeks now. What? Five weeks ago, she said she had something much better than us. I pleaded with her, tried to bribe her to come back to us, even went to her apartment, my arms full of goodies. She slammed the door in my face. Her apartment? Where is it? 1923, East 32nd, top floor in the rear. Wonderful subject matter, but you don't care. All you care about is murder, spoiling things, things like that. That's right. Yes.
1: You can give him back his camera, Mr. Holmes. Leroy just told me off. East 32nd, top floor, in the rear. The door open. The woman in the room are back to you, not hearing you walk in. A woman intent on grubbing through the open drawers of a bureau, finding things, holding them close for an instant, tossing them on a pile of stuff already on the floor, grubbing for more. Then finally aware of your presence, trying to still the greed trembling in her fingers and her body.
0: What do you want here? What are you doing here? Spying.
1: Get out. This is Miss Sisler's apartment, isn't it?
0: What of it? She's got no use for all this now. She didn't deserve things like this anyway. But you do. Yes, I do. All my life I deserved him. Now, they're mine, and you can't take them away. Let's have a look. I'll call the police. I'm the police. And you? I own this place. I run it. Rent rooms to girls like her. Clean up after. That gives
1: you the right to steal from a dead girl like her?
0: Not stealing. Only taking what she would have given me anyway if she'd known she's going to die. Anna was a girl like that. Generous. Didn't care about her things.
1: they're expensive. Silk. Imported.
0: Never had anything like that. Not next to my body, I haven't. Just watched her put them on sometimes. All right. Don't take them away, mister. She'd have given them to me, I swear it. I swear it.
1: Danny Clover speaking. This is go- What? The lady slip you brought in the underwear. Don't walk, run. Gordon? Hello?
6: Did you walk or run, Danny? Don't you ever smile? What's on your mind, Gordon? On my mind? Well, all right, I'll turn you. Why is it when the department is up to its neck in unsolved murders, they make kissing sounds at John Gordon? You got something to tell me, or you just want me to admire you? Well, first I'll tell you something. Then you can drop your chin in frank admiration. Take a look at this slip. Uh, go ahead, hold it up to the light. See what I mean? I see a black silk slip. A real expensive black silk slip. Feel it. Go ahead, right here. See what I mean? I don't see. That roughness is thread. Something was sewn on that slip and torn off. A laundry mark? Oh, Danny, what you don't know about slips? A laundry mark on a slip sewn here? Sewn here was a French word, toujours. And sewn here was a name, Laura. The stitches were pulled out, but they left their pattern. Now you want to admire me, Danny?
1: Tattaglia... Hey, Gino, where are you?
5: Uh, what do you want, Danny?
1: Call the seaboard shipping line, Gino. Get the dock foreman and ask for Marty Dixon.
5: Well, suppose they won't call Marty to the phone, Danny. Dixon's just a stevedore. Well,
1: that's what I'm counting on. Leave word. Tell him it's urgent. Say Robert Burton wants to see Dixon as soon as Dixon gets off from work.
5: Roger, Danny. And also, we'll call.
1: It was 4 o'clock when Mugovan called in. He'd just seen the dock foreman at the seaboard shipping line hand Marty Dixon a note. It was a few minutes past 5.30 when Muggerman called back again. The quitting whistle had just blown down to the waterfront, and Marty Dixon had just punched his time clock. It'd take him 25 minutes to get to Burton's mansion on Park Avenue. It took me 10 minutes. Robert Burton said he was glad to see me. We could talk in privacy. Laura's sister was judging a dog show on Long Island, and he'd given the servants the day off to
8: grieve his wife's death. So we can talk in privacy, Danny, but you know What? What? You didn't have to come back and apologize for the rough way you fellas treated me. I understand these things. I didn't come back for that. Oh. You got something on your mind, Danny? Tell me I can fix it. I got nothing but money. Eight million dollars and change. Eight million dollars. And that's what the taxes skimmed off. Tell me, Danny. I know who murdered your wife. And you want a reward. How much you want, Danny? That's besides the gold watch I already got in mind. How do you want it engraved, Danny? And a matching gold cigarette case to anything? Because I'm indebted to you, fella.
1: Don't you want to know who murdered your wife?
8: I figure you'll tell me when the time is ripe, fella. Tell me, and let's uh, forget all about it, huh? I'll tell you, fella. You did. You murdered your wife. Oh, Danny. You know better. How could I have killed Laura? Same guy who killed her strangled that girl in the alley. Even the D.A. knows that. What's the matter? Is he on your back for a killer? No. Matter of fact, he gave me permission to pick you up for murder. All this magnificence around here make your head spin, huh, fella? You tried to give me trouble before Burton. Remember what I got you? Well, this time I got something better. I heard you've been admiring that tapestry, Danny. It's worth maybe 60 Gs. How would you like to use something like that for a bath towel and not worry about it, huh? Like it, wouldn't you, Danny? You would, wouldn't you? Tell me, how do you figure I killed my wife? Like we told you before. Strangled her in that flea bag.
1: Your pal, Marty Dixon, wants to
8: come in, Burton. How come you're so good, Danny? You stand here, talk to me, hear some charms, and know it's Marty. How do you do things like that, fella? Open the door for him, Burton. Yeah, I will. Oh. Hi, Marty, come on in. You're real good, Danny.
7: Hello,
1: Marty. What goes on here? It's this way, Marty. The DA's on my back. I need a killer. Isn't that right, fella?
8: Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it is, Marty.
1: What does he know, Burton? Let me. I know Burton strangled his wife with half that cord. Gave you the other half so you could strangle that Sisler girl. Had it all arranged. How could the D.A. indict Burton when it was obvious the killer was still on the loose?
7: You know a lot. How is it that you know a lot?
1: That Sisler girl had an expensive slip that once belonged to Laura Burton. How long did it take you boys to find a girl with the same features as Laura to make it look like a killer had strangled the wrong girl when he killed Laura Burton?
8: Oh, it didn't take you very long to find her, did it, Marty? A couple of weeks. Then you wind her and dined her. Oh, I helped, didn't I, Marty? Gave you my wife's cast-off clothes so you could give the girl presents. Make her love you. You
7: making a deal with the cop, Burton?
8: He likes nice things. I'm in a position to give him anything he wants.
7: Me too. Because everything you got, I got half. That was the arrangement he made when we started this thing, Clover.
8: When did all this happen, Marty?
7: It happened. And that's the way it is. I
8: didn't sign anything. I don't remember doing that. Anyway, you're a murderer man in my position can't have any truck with murderers, and that's why I'm giving you to the cop.
7: You know, when I got a message this afternoon, I figured something had go on sour, so I brought a friend. Uh,
8: Marty, don't, don't be crazy. Ah, uh, Clover,
7: don't go for your gun. I kill cots too. So look, Marty,
8: we, we were having a joke, weren't we, Danny? Yes. Listen to me. Now. <sharp> Marty.
7: You don't have to rough me, Clover. Gun's empty. Let's go, Marty. Sure. You want to know something? What? I feel real good. I'm going to the electric chair and I feel real good. How many men get the opportunity to die for half of eight million dollars? <laughs>
1: Minutes before dawn, Broadway lies huddled in a dreamless sleep. It's the time of the long black night, and no stars, and the muted wind, and on the wind the sly whispers. Start running, kid. You'll never get home again. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat.
2: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. Included in tonight's cast were Clayton Post, Larry Dobkin, Betty Lou Gerson, Jody Gilbert, Ed Max, Jack Crucian, and Jerry Hausner. Every Saturday night, Americans from coast to coast play Sing It Again. Do you? Well, if you don't, you don't know the fun and excitement you're missing. Not to mention radio's largest cash award, if you can name the Phantom Voice. There's music on Sing It Again, music with Alan Dale, Bob Howard, Judy Lynn, the Riddlers, Ray Block and his orchestra. There's contestants, contestants from all over America, phoned by Dan Seymour. And there's prizes galore, plus that special jackpot prize we mentioned earlier. So stay at home, play at home on Saturday nights when over many of these same CBS stations, Dan Seymour says it's Sing It Again. Dan Coverly speaking, this is CBS, where yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brings adventure Saturday nights on the Columbia Broadcasting System.
7: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.